the Get Naked Live podcast, where we are redefining the strong Black woman. I'm your host, Shirley Hubbard, and I am super excited to bring you intimately honest, sometimes uncomfortable, yet strangely funny conversations and real life stories on how emotionally draining being a strong Black woman can be. Each episode is designed to help you find the courage to embrace your emotional nakedness, define strength on your own terms, burn that superwoman cape because you know you are sick of wearing it, and learn to love life unmasked. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Get Naked Live. I'm your host, Shirley Hubbard. And as always, we are here to redefine the strong black woman. And in my virtual studio today, I have Miss Juanita Foster, who is here to share an amazing story with us on being a teen mom and also being in an abusive relationship. But before we dive into her story, hey, Juanita. Hey, Charlie, how are you? Good, how are you? So, Anita, before we dive, dive into all of this juiciness, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, why you do it, what sets your soul on fire? I am Dr. Juanita. I am a leadership speaker, um, consultant, and team development expert. What I do is I help leaders to show up more powerfully in their life, their career, and their business so they're able to experience accelerated profit, whether that's profits in your business, profits in your pocketbook, as far as you being uh, an an employee for a corporation, or just having a profitable life. What does that Mm. look like to you? Okay. So that's a little bit about me. And what, where do you do this? Is this like virtual? Um... Yes. My goal is to speak all over the world, sharing um, my personal story that I'm going to share with you today in my business. Mm-hmm. And I am virtual. So I work I work out of the state of Delaware, the first state. <laughs> but uh, I say that because people are like, Delaware, Ohio. No, the first state. Uh-huh. But I am mobile and I am mobile and looking to, you know, as I said, um, spread my story to the entire world and help leaders all over the world but I'm virtual right now in my office amazing amazing sounds like some powerful work so you said not just in business but in their personal lives as well Yes. Right. Okay. Cool. As so I y'all always heard say, it. yes. The first leader, you, the first person you lead is the person you see in the me- mirror. Girl, so you, you better that say that. Yes. You gotta get that person straight. <laughs> okay, that's amazing. So if y'all, if y'all need any help with that, hit Juanita up. I'm gonna have all the information listed, and of course, we're gonna give it to you before we end this episode. So yeah, but thank you so much for sharing sharing that, Juanita. But like I said, we want to talk about you being a teen, teen parent and being in an abusive relationship. Yes. First of all, being a teen parent is scary in itself. But then to top that off with being in an abusive relationship, what was that like for you? I can remember the very first time he hit me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, and with any relationship, it never starts off the way it ended, mm-hmm. no matter if you married a person, no matter how long you've been with the person. And I, you know, I met this guy being, just being me. And um, I, where was a community center where I lived and I was going to the community center to go swimming, do all of, you know, the stuff that kids do. 
and I had met his father and didn't think in that I was going to get pregnant, but mm-hmm. boom, I got pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I think my son was probably about three months. And in the midst of that, you have this baby, you think you're going to be, woo, you're going to, woo, woo, you're going to be in love for forever and ever. Right. Amen. Right. And and over, I don't even know what I don't even know what I said. All I remember is him smacking me. And at first, I kind of played it off as a joke. Mm-hmm. So I was like, then I said, you know, he really did smack me for real, for real. And from that point on, our relationship changed. It it it, it just completely change it wasn't so much of a equal footing well how can how can you be an equal footing with somebody in your 15 but it went from so what i'm gonna say equal footing to you do what i tell you to do period or this is what's gonna happen yes while i'm raising his son so were, were you guys living in the same home or this this just happened when you guys were out no we um and that's a whole nother story in itself I was raised in church. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, my mother, um, she had met a guy and my mother got addicted to drugs. By me being the oldest, I was taking care of my brother and my sister and my and my son and myself. So he stayed at my house a lot. He didn't live there, but mm-hmm. he was there all the time. So we were in my house when this okay. happened. And my mother was, a, was at that time a non-existent mother. So did it happen more than once? Yes. I've had black eyes, bruises. I have a scar that I still carry today. And that don't mean the uh, emotional scar because I gave it to the Lord, but Mm -hmm. a physical scar, actually two, one in my eyebrow. If I get my eyebrows arched a certain way, I can see it. And one under my lip, it it continued on and off for a a year. And in which I find that when it comes to abu- abusers, they slip because at one, you know, I said my mother was on drugs. And at one point in time, we we lost the place that we were living. In. I, my thing was, I got to go to school no matter what. I have to go to school. Mm-hmm. And what ended up happening, I ended up moving with his mother. Mm-hmm. Elton. She knew what was going on, but she would tell him all the time, get off of her, stay off of her. And you better not be in there hitting her. Mm-hmm. So he found another way. Mm-hmm. which is words of abusing me right? because right. he knew his mother didn't play that. Uh, so there was a combination of physical and mental abuse. Mm-hmm. Me trying to say, I still need to go to school. Right. I have this baby. What mm-hmm. am I going to do? You know, I, my brother and my sister, they ended up living somewhere else with my mother. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and my mother was like, he can't come. It just was. And I was like, well, what? I'm going to go live with him and his mom that basically that's what happened wow so let's talk about you mentioned the emotional scarring and you mentioned getting up going to school every day so how did you deal with getting up going to school because surely you didn't go to school and tell everybody that i'm being abused so how did you hide that from people a lot of times lies just Mm. you know if if i don't know one day um I had a black eye that was so bad, I couldn't go to school. Mm -hmm. So I was out of school for three days. So what happened was I told my family I got into a fight with a boy at school. I told the people at school 
I got into a fight with somebody where I lived. So when I finally went back to school, it had, you know how it turns yellow or whatever when the mm-hmm. blackness goes away. Mm-hmm. I was able to still go to school at that point And everybody was like, what happened to your eye? That's what I would tell people. Or mm-hmm. I would cover it up or I would wear long sleeves. Just things that people would say. I would just be, oh, it ain't nothing. Or, right. you know, because I have a outgoing, bubbly personality by nature. Right. And her, I always thought. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that. But see... And the one thing that, you know, abusers do, they put you in the isolation. Right. And I remember having two very, very, very close friends and I stopped talking to them mm-hmm. stopped because they knew they would, they wouldn't, they would have known immediately mm-hmm. that I was in an abusive relationship. So it's isolation, lies, just covering up. And even I remember the day, one day I went to go pick up my son and um, we had been fighting and he had hit me. And this was another day I had a bruise. The people at the childcare facility, what well, they knew. And I just went in there, got my son and left. But afterwards, the, the couple of days later, the lady was like, do you think I need to call people, the state? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm looking like, no. I mean, I'm practically begging, no, mm-hmm. don't call the state because when I know how I'm living at right. that point, I was still living with my mother. Mm-hmm. And if the state had came in, they take everybody, my brother, and my sister, right. mm-hmm. they would have known that this fam, these people live. One, the daughter is being abused by her boyfriend Two, the mothers addicted to drugs and they don't have food. They have, you know, they would have said, oh, this whole family is jacked up. We need to right. remove these kids out of this home. Right. So basically, so, so basically you were, you were holding things together for your entire family, not just for, for your child, but for your siblings and your, and your mother as well. Right. Yes. What was that like emotionally for you, Juanita? It, um, it was very stressful at times, but I can say one, this is a, a few things. I have a lot of things, but one thing I do know is in the midst of I have a lot of strong black women in my family. And although they knew what was going on, they didn't know everything because they didn't live with us. Right. But I could always just call my aunt and say, we need the rent paid. Mm-hmm. The lights are cut off again. Mm-hmm. Um, I would call another family member and say, can you come take me food shopping? They did everything that they could possibly do to say, we're not going to let the state come in and take this. Take right take her kids, my mm-hmm. mother's kids. They didn't see every, I was good at covering up the whole mm-hmm. abuse thing, but it does take a toll on you physically, emotionally. I became a stress eater. So of course that messes with my weight, they mess with right. my self-esteem right. and just who I am as a person. That that did a lot of like, it does a mind job on you. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because basically what, what you're doing is you're eating your feelings. Exactly. And like you say, it, it begins to affect your physical weight. It, it definitely begins to take a toll on you mentally and emotionally. So what was the breaking point for you? What broke me was uh, we, were living, we were at his mom's house Mm-hmm. And um, and then he had so this girl just started calling and you know and I'm like who is this chick? Mm-hmm. Don't you know you living with somebody? You with somebody? Mm-hmm. She didn't care. Same way today, and it's been thirty years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same way today, she was like I don't care. And I remember him going out half the night, and I said you know what I'm better than this. I can't do this. Wow. I just was sitting on the bed and said, I cannot do mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. I was crying. I said, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. I went to his mother. I said, look, well, first I called my grandmother and I said, we called her granny. 
Mm-hmm. I said, I need a place to live. Mm-hmm. She said, you could come live here. We have a, a family house that's been in our family more than 60 years. Mostly everybody in the family has lived there at one point in time in their mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Somebody would live, you know, have that house. And I said, I, I can't do it. I knew I could get back and forth from school from there because I mm-hmm. went to a school that serviced the whole entire state. And so she said, come. I talked to, and then I talked to my son's grandmother. I said, I need you to keep him just one year. I, I got to get on my feet. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I can't focus. I got to uh-huh. be able to do school work. I uh-huh. got to figure out how to get him in back and forth to daycare. I got, she said, go ahead. I keep him one year. When his father came home, I said, you're taking me home in the morning. And it was, he probably, it was like five o'clock in the morning. He said, no, I'm not. Uh-huh. I said, yes, you are. I said, I'm done. He come in, he going on, we going back and forth. Then his mom said, uh-uh. I said, so when I got up that next morning, I told his mom, tell him to take me home. She mm. said, take her home. He took me home. I was done. Wow. I was just that done. Wow. And that I think that's amazing because a lot of women don't get up the courage to say I'm done and then just leave, you know, without, oh, yeah. going, with, without going back. I've been in that situation. I, I've left and I've gone back and I left and I've gone back and I left and I've gone back. But it sounds like at a teenager, there, there you were, the typical strong black woman trying to hold everything together for everybody, trying to be everything for everybody, bottling up your emotions. That's what we do as strong mm-hmm. black women. So where, where'd you get that from at such a young age? How did you know that this is a role that I need to play? Or were you just forced into that position? I think some of it I was forced. Some mm-hmm. of it just came naturally. And some, and I, and I, and I tell young girls today when I go speak to them, that baby is the only thing you have. Mm-hmm. Men come and go, but that Absolutely. baby, that that baby is looking to you for every single thing. And I just said, I just was like, I can't do this. Something mm-hmm. inside of me just said, I can't live like this anymore. I can't do this. And so you took your life back. Yes, yes. girl. Yes. yes. <laughs> you took your, I, I love it. So what do you do differently? Like, of course, that wasn't a healthy space to be in. So what are you doing differently now as you're older and you've matured and you've learned that I don't necessarily have to keep it together for everybody? What are you doing to effectively process your emotions now as since you're an older lady? And, and are you still buying into the whole strong black woman? I got to be everything to everybody mentality. You know what? I... I was. I still did, but I don't mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, my children are adults. Right. They are uh, 31, 26, and 19. Mm-hmm. And I have been that still that strong black woman. I mean, I could tell you countless of stories. My son is 31 and married with two kids. Mm-hmm. That's who he would still call his mama. mama. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my son, my, um, my baby boy was in college. He's standing there next to his dad and his mm-hmm. dad trying to get him in school. And he's calling me. I said, well, where's your dad? He's standing right here. Mm-hmm. But that ain't, that's not solving the problem. Mm-hmm. Mom, I know you will solve the problem. I, and so what I do now is, one, I don't eat my emotions. Okay. Two, I want to I don't, I, I say this all the time. I make it no secret that I serve the Lord. Absolutely. And I spent a lot of times on my knees crying, mm-hmm. journaling, yes. telling yes. God, if you don't, if you don't take this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I hold on because, I mean, I was, I had gotten married. 
mm-hmm. and left my husband just like that the day after Christmas. Mm-hmm. My brother-in-law backed the truck up to my house and I moved my stuff out, mm-hmm. went back and then said, I'm the crazy one. I'm done with him, period, mm-hmm. <laughs> and left again. And so, so now, I mean, I hold on to a lot of scriptures. Mm-hmm. And I hold on to scripture. If you if um if you keep your mind on him, he would keep you in perfect peace. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wish above all things that you prosper, have your health, even that your even that your soul prosper. Mm-hmm. Have faith in God and believe whatever you pray for. You believe you receive it. You shall have whatever you pray for. I hold mm-hmm. a I, I hold on to a lot of scripture. Mm-hmm. I I've prayed and I've prayed in many days, and then sometimes. As women and as mommies, we have to physically walk away. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. We have to just physically say, okay, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like I've done everything I could possibly do. Mm-hmm. And I've had to, I've told people have said, when it is, you've done more than what I've, <laughs> I would have mm-hmm. done. And mm-hmm. I'll, you know, in that, in those different situations. But I have to physically say, I'm not going to answer the phone, even though I want to know. Right, right. <laughs> I right. want to know because I'm trying to figure out how to solve the problem. Right, and right. sometimes they don't want a problem solved. Mm-hmm. They just want you to listen. Mm-hmm. And I know that's work for my kids. Mm-hmm. So so I just had to physically just say, I'm not going to do it. Ooh, I'm going to just so I'm gonna hide. I'm going to go to the room. <laughs> that is so hard. It is so hard, especially when it comes to your children. To yes. just walk away because we want to save them we want to rescue them we want mm-hmm. to fix whatever's broken yeah but sometimes it's not for us to fix it and that's the same with like friendships relationships any kind of ships it's the same <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> sometimes you just like sometimes you just gotta find the courage to just walk away and say you know what this is not my situation i don't have to handle this i'm gonna let them deal with it exactly and oh my gosh it's the hardest thing it, it is, is the hardest, hardest thing. thing. Oh, oh, girl. Especially I'm when you have a flashback, honey. Especially when you say, I, I told you not mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. And I give you. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and then, because my daughter is infamous for this. Mm-hmm. She won't take my advice, but she will have her friends call me and say, My mother, let me tell you, my, listen to my mom. I, I said to her, <laughs> Because she knows a, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> And I say, you won't take my advice, but you have your friends call me. Yes, because she know know mama knows. Yeah, I be like, even my my, uh, baby boy, he would be like, call my mom. Mm -hmm. I be like, and I tell him, I say, but he will take my advice. Her, them girls. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, my mom, listen to my mom. My mom knows she thought, yeah. But I be like, the same advice I just gave your friend, you need to take that advice. You need to take that advice. But it, but it's like you said, Juanita, sometimes you just got, you got to walk away and you have to let them learn, learn the lessons on their own. Exactly. You have to exactly. let them learn on it. And that hurts us. Oh my gosh. It hurts us. We lose so much sleep over it because yeah. we, we don't want them to have to go through what we went through to get the lesson. But sometimes it takes letting them go through it. Exactly. Exactly. And I just said... You know, you didn't want to listen to me. Now, you don't want. You didn't want to listen to me then before you got in a situation. Mm-hmm. Now you're here, mm-hmm. but I. But I said whatever advice, whatever you thought you should have learned, then you need to go back and pick up my my wisdom. Absolutely, you done cast it away. So, would would you say your daughter is a, is a strong black woman? The typical strong black woman. 
I think she's strong in some areas mm-hmm. and weak in others. Mm-hmm. Only because she she deals with some other difficulties, mental illness type issues. Mm-hmm. But when she's on it, she's on it. Mm-hmm. Like she wanted to get braces, and I said, "I'm not. I'm not making no appointments. I'm not doing anything." She navigated the whole entire system to get these braces that she didn't need. Wow! <laughs> because she was like, <laughs> "I know y'all have two different insurances. I know y'all cover me. I know y'all both work. I have Blue Cross Blue Shield. One is on a federal. One is on a state. Mm-hmm. I know she made all the appointments. Her father works for the tra- the transit system here in Delaware, and so did I. But at one time, so she knew how to navigate." Gate, go to the doctors, get her mm-hmm. x-rays. She did everything. And the only thing she said, I need your money. Oh, but so, she, so she's that whole take charge strong black woman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we gonna make yes. it happen strong black woman. Yes, yes. <laughs> she will work to do and three jobs. She she doesn't have she doesn't have the problem, but sometimes I'll be like, okay, you acting foolish in this area. So mm-hmm. I just said, I'm done. So if you if you could tell her anything, what would you tell her? Choose your friends wisely. Whew. Yeah, I, for real. I And I say that because um, my sister and I laugh about it because when we look at our circle of friends, mm-hmm. when we, it's really, I really only have three good friends. Mm-hmm. One is my sister and two, two are the, the young ladies. Well, it was, it would have been four, but she died. But two are the other young ladies that I was telling you about earlier. Mm-hmm. Those are my friends. When, if I have an issue, I will pick up my phone and call one of them or call my sister. My sister and I talk, we've talked three or four times a week. <laughs> and we'll mm-hmm. be mad at each other if we haven't heard from each other in a couple of days. Right, right. But choose your friends wisely. Look for where you want to go, not where you are. And sometimes, and if you don't have friends that's pushing you, standing behind you, giving you a pat on the back, then you need to free, no, mm-mm. that would be the <laughs> That would be my number one thing. Choose your friends wisely. Choose your friends wisely. So, Juanita, strong black woman, what's your definition? My nail definition is... (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. wait. Let's back it up then. What was your then definition and what is your now definition? she can make it happen. She don't need nobody. I got mm-hmm. this. Don't even, mm-hmm. you know, before, before you eat, before you even looking for the answer, I have the answer. Okay. That's my strong black woman. <laughs> then. That was then. Okay. Who is she now? Who is she now? Mm-hmm. My, my strong black woman now, she gets on her knees. Mm. She talks to God. Yes, girl. She has faith in him. Yes. She seeks his direction for, and she mm-hmm. asks for his wisdom and understanding. Because one thing I do know, no matter when I was in church, out of church, in church, I've been in my church now for 26 years, so I've been in church a long time, that God will never steer you wrong. He might not always answer when the or give you the answer that you want, but seek him no matter what. And if he don't say anything, don't move. And you need and and you need to have peace. And my peace means that means when I said walking away from situations, that I said y'all gonna have to figure it out yourself. Mm-hmm. That so a strong white woman, she's able to manage all of those, but she really knows at the end if you don't get on your knees, mm-hmm. how strong are you really? Absolutely. Are we Absolutely. working it? Am I working it out in my physical body, which can tear down because mm-hmm. of stress, or am I giving it to God and seeking Him? That's so I, I want to I talk about that just a little bit before we get to wrap it up, because a lot of times what I found and, and, and I'm air quoting religion here. But a lot of times what I found is with religion 
and church that as women, as black women, because we say, oh, I'm going to trust God in this situation, we don't often feel comfortable embracing our emotions and, and shedding tears here because people are quick to say, girl, God's got you. What has been your experience with that? I, my experience is just because you see me cry don't mean I'm always sad. My other experience is, and I'm going to go, I'm, I'm not going to get on, I don't have a soapbox, but I'm going to say a lot of times, are you really trusting God? Do you really have faith in God? Because mm-hmm. that, oh, God got you. Mm-hmm. And I could say that to you or I could say that to anything. But do does that person really understand that God got them? Mm-hmm. What scripture base do you give them? What, mm-hmm. what what do you tell them to hold on to to understand God got them? Mm-hmm. And you say, I've been there, honey. I've been there. God got you. So, yeah, I mean, and I'm a crier, unfortunately. <laughs> Girl, look, don't you ever apologize for crying. There's nothing wrong with crying. I can cry, and I know we do cry. We do apologize too much. We I do. can cry at the drop of a dime. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, religious people do say that. And I do want to say another thing. Another strong black woman, she has the ability to say no and understand that that's a complete sentence. Absolutely. And I don't need to give you no explanation. I don't, need, I don't owe you an explanation. Absolutely. No. Absolutely. So, yeah, people, you know, I hear that all the time. But now when I, when I hear it, and I'll be, and I'm very leery to mm-hmm. just say those cliches right right because you really sometimes you really don't know what that person is going through you really you honestly don't know and i I will say that i've gone through some horribly traumatic events in my life and i'm just gonna be 100 real with you juanita when i was going through i didn't want to hear nothing about no god because i was trying to figure out why he allowed this horrible thing to happen in my life and so i think even as believers we need to be careful and sensitive to what that person is experienced and not all the time be like, girl, God's got you suck it up because that's not what they need in that moment. So we have to lead, use our spiritual discernment to say what needs to be said in that moment. And every time it's not going to be God's got you. Sometimes she's just going to need a hug. Exactly. Or so, or to say, you can be angry at God. I'm not going to say I've never been angry at mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. You could be like, why? Why me? Mm-hmm. All the people in the world. Mm-hmm. Why you yeah, yeah, absolutely. To go through this situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but I think I tell people, don't stay there. Absolutely. That is the most important thing right there. Don't stay there. Because we do. We, we'll we get stuck now. I was there for a long time. Mm-hmm. A long time. But by the grace of God, I did not stay there. I was able to pull myself up, but it took me some time. And like I said, the last thing I wanted to hear, I didn't want to hear anything about God, but in my soul, I knew I was saved. And so I, I didn't stay there, but we, I do think we need to be a little more sensitive when exactly. it comes to, thing, comes to things like that. Because as women, we need to be able, we need to be comfortable feeling whatever we're feeling in that moment. And we don't want to be judged for that. Does that exactly. make sense? Yes. Makes perfect sense. Because oh sometimes God. I think church people, because they might know a little bit of our business, because I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you, just be for real. I got married in my church, christened my baby in my church. Mm-hmm. My my ex-husband and I was in the same church. Mm-hmm. I left him. We were at the same church. We got mm-hmm. divorced and we was at the same church. Mm-hmm. He got remarried. And last, in a few months ago, he christened his new baby in my church. church. Oh, what? <laughs> Are you serious? I'm not lying. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm not lying. Invited some of the same people that were at that was at our wedding. 
from our church. Oh my God. Oh yeah. So 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 how you you know, people were coming to me and was like a few people came to me and said, Juanita, um, I know you well, yeah, I knew. I knew he was getting because my daughter was in the way. So yeah, I knew. And it was like, you know, I gotta invite him to go. I was like, cool, go, have fun. Yeah. I don't even care. But yeah, wow. they don't they wow. no longer they don't attend our church, but I know he loves my bishop. So yeah. I know he wasn't gonna let nobody else christen his baby but my yeah. bishop. Yeah. And when we have special events, they come. I'm not going anywhere. Well, the, that church. speaks that <laughs> speaks a lot about about you though. I mean, that speaks a lot to forgiveness it speaks mm. a lot to forgiveness um did i say forgiveness already yes. forgiveness, <laughs> forgiveness healing compassion love all of that and so that that says a lot for you to be able to be in be in the same church you in girl because i don't know if i can do that but okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. i know <laughs> and, and, I mean, and because i had that strong black i can do it people see uh-huh. you know and i've had and i had one person come to me and said you know what? I thought it was all you in that marriage. I said, you ain't live with the man. I lived with him. Wow. You know, See but how I, people do? See how girl, people in do? the church. See how they do? They ain't right. What needed right. <laughs> But I always tell people, I don't go to my church for them people. I go to right. my church. Absolutely. My bishop gives the word to, they don't have no heaven or hell to put me in. And I know and I that's right. God. That's right. I, that's I, it. I know that's right. You're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> but yeah. Girl, well, look, we have talked about so much. We went from teen pregnancy to abusive relationships to church folk, and now your husband and, and had his baby christened in your church. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what, Juanita? That says so much about you. It says growth. There you were, a teen parent going through all this stuff that you were going through, and you. Pull, you got yourself by the bootstrap, pull yourself up and you said, you know what? This is not working for me. And you demanded better and you went after it. You yes. better be a strong black woman, girl. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, girl, you did that. So, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And Juanita, I really, really appreciate you being on. You have such a powerful story and such a powerful testimony. So we're going to get ready to wrap it up. But before we do that. Three rapid fire questions because that's how we get down over here. Okay. Just for fun, what's your favorite joke? I don't really know how <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Well, I, you have to make up one real quick. Tell me a joke. Uh, I'm kidding. You don't have to do that. Okay. <laughs> okay, Lord, Lord, help me, help me, help me. I'll have one. <laughs> no, you don't have to do that. I'm kidding. So if you were invisible, hashtag a fly on the wall, who would you go see? Mm, I would probably go see the president just to wonder what, what in the world. God, what? <laughs> it would be a couple places. I probably would fly around the White House in the Congress fly the White House. Okay, for, okay. for a long time because I'm a okay. federal employee. Because I think, what, what you thinking up there? Right. Okay. Take me when you go, girl. <laughs> I would be giving the old school, like Emma Rosa. I would have my book already out. Right, girl, ready to publish. Yes. yes. Okay, last one. How many books have you read so far this year? Oh, three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing good. Cause see, I'm 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 reading one that I've been reading since what March, I think, and we're almost mm-hmm. in June. So yeah, I, I'm still on my first one. So kudos to you, girl. Yeah, I'm in a faith class, and um, we read a book in faith class. So I'm finishing up that one, and um, so about three. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. 
All right, then we're going to get out, get ready to get out of here. But before we go, parting words for our listeners, one thing that you want them to take from today's conversation. You don't always have to be the strongest person in the room. And like I still say, seek God in everything. And Absolutely. if you could be strong on your knees. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Well, we're going to get ready to get out of here. But before we go, Juanita, tell us how we can find you in the online space. You can find me at Facebook.com, Dr. Juanita. That is my business page. You can find me on Twitter at EME Consulting One. You can also find me at LinkedIn at LinkedIn.com, Juanita Foster. Okay. And is that the same if someone wanted to reach out to you for a speaking engagement? Is all the information the same? Yes. Oh, my website name is www.leadingisthenewprofit.com. All right, guys, we are going to get ready to get out of here. Just in case you missed Juanita's information, we will have it all listed in the show notes of her episode. So you can hop on over to getnakedlive.com, click on her lovely picture, and you'll see all of her information. All right, we are out of here, and we will see you on the other side. But I'm taking my clothes off Get naked, honest Get naked, naked All the women Get naked, transparent Get naked, express yourself Get naked, vulnerable Get naked, you can make it vulnerable Get naked, get naked Get naked, the strong Black woman